Flatiron School is an international boot camp for software engineering, data science, and design that changes lives through education. One of our strengths is our focus on teacher quality. Flatiron's educational development team has experts in both pedagogy and content knowledge who work with our teachers to ensure our students receive the best educational experiences possible. This is the podcast of the Educational Development Team. Hi folks, this is Sean. I'm the Director of Educational Development here at Flatiron School. And today, I am going to do a bit of a review with you. This is going to be a short episode, but also a very active one for you. If you're at Flatiron School, you've had a chance to read the EdTeam Wiki. And if you're not at Flatiron School, you may have listened to a number of these podcast episodes that I've released. And so I thought I would go back and think through these things with you. Hopefully this will help refresh you on them. And if you're completely at a loss as to what these things are, I'm going to point you at some of these either articles or episodes. So we'll start right in. Flatiron educational principles. Do you remember what they are? And I'm going to give you a moment just to pause the recording and think about that. Remember, I said this was going to be active. <laughs> so the first one of them is actually active, followed by scaffolded, cyclical, individual, and intentional. Hopefully you came up with them. If you're paying attention, you know that the acronym is ASCII which is a nod to our origins as a software engineering boot camp. And I want you to think about not just what they are named, but what do they mean and what techniques would you use to apply them? And so for each one of those, I want you to just take a moment and think about, again, active, scaffolded, cyclical, individual, and intentional. Think about why those are important and then think about how you might actually apply them in your classroom. Pause the recording think that through. Okay, that's all we're going to do with the Flatiron Educational Principles. If you didn't remember them, or you don't remember what they mean, or you don't remember the techniques that you might use, go back to our early episodes. There's an episode on each of those principles, and if you're at Flatiron School, there's also a page on the Flatiron Educational Principles in the EdTeam Wiki. So just go back to one of those resources, or both, and review. Next, let's talk about learning goals. So to start with, why do we establish learning goals for our students? Think about that for a second. Next, I want you to think about what makes a learning goal effective. There are three characteristics that are very, very important and you need every one of your learning goals to meet all of them. Think about that for a second. Pause the recording. Okay, so let's go back. So why do we establish learning goals for our students? Well, for one thing, we need to be able to measure our students' progress against a predefined set of expectations. So that's one answer. There are other answers. So those characteristics were that a learning goal should be comprehensible, actionable, and measurable. If it's not comprehensible, a student can't understand it. 
If it's not actionable, a student can't actually accomplish it. And if it's not measurable, you can't do anything with the information about whether the student achieved it. Next, what frameworks might you use to establish learning goals? Think about that for a second. Pause the recording. So there were two that I mentioned in both the Learning Goals episode of the podcast as well as the EdTeam Wiki article on Learning Goals. Bloom's is the first one. Bloom's taxonomy is something that classifies ways of thinking as well as types of knowledge. It does this by breaking them out into separate axes, and it moves from least to most complex in both cognition and knowledge. The other framework that I discussed is Webb's Depth of Knowledge, and this framework is meant to consider the context in which students are asked to demonstrate their understanding. Again, this moves from least to most complex, but this time it's the context rather than the ways of thinking. Both of these frameworks have verbs that are associated with them, but in both cases, the verbs are created by people who didn't actually create the frameworks, and they're not a perfect match, and they're definitely not a one-to-one match. Certain verbs could be used in multiple categories of both frameworks. So that's not to say you shouldn't look at the verbs. It's to say that you shouldn't take the verbs as gospel. If any of this didn't ring a bell, you can go back to the Learning Goals episode that I recorded with Joe, or if you're at Flatiron School, there's a page on Learning Goals in the EdTeam Wiki. Let's talk about stress. Stress and learning. There have been a couple episodes on this in the podcast. So my first question is, when is stress useful? Think about that for a second. Pause the recording if you need to. So we touched on this in both the episode with David James and the episode with Christy Reardon, that pressure to perform can actually be a really beneficial thing. Stress can be beneficial if it induces a higher desire to perform. Next question, obviously, is when is stress harmful? Think about that for a second. Pause the recording. And so there, of course, it's when the stress turns into anxiety or in some way detracts from peak performance. And it's very important as you're thinking about student stress to think about assessment and whether it's causing student stress, number one. And number two, is that something that you want to measure? Are you interested in measuring performance under stress? If you're just interested in measuring performance, then a high stakes test may not be the right thing. And if this isn't ringing a bell, there's lots more on this topic in two episodes. There's one called Stress and Learning with David James, and there's one called Thriving in a Growth Organization with Christy Reardon. Let's talk about checking for understanding next. Why would you want to check for understanding in your students? Think about that for a second. Okay, so obviously you need to know what your students know, but this is because traditional methods of teaching are based on the factory model. You're moving as many students through education as efficiently as possible. The problem is that students are not the same as cars. And when a student reaches you on the conveyor belt that gets them to third grade or a boot camp or whatever, they're not necessarily at the exact same place that another student is who has now reached you at the same time. And therefore, it's very important to know what your students understand so that you can guide them to better places of understanding. 
and not just assume that they're learning at the same pace. So then the next question is, how do you check for understanding? Think about that for a second. Pause the recording. Okay, so here you might have come up with some techniques that I mentioned or maybe that you've used, such as polling, the thumb meter, think, pair, share, group work. You might have thought about anonymity and how important that can be in checking for understanding so that you get an accurate reflection of student understanding without the fear of failure. There's a lot more to this, and if this isn't ringing a bell and you don't feel totally familiar with it, go back and review the Checking for Understanding episode of the podcast. Or, if you're at Flatiron School, there's a page on that in the EdTeam Wiki. And while we're on the topic of checking for understanding, let's talk about cold calling. So here's the question for consideration. Why shouldn't you cold call? Think about that for a second. Next question is, what techniques might you use to create an active classroom without cold calling? Think about that for a second. Pause the recording for this one if you didn't for the last. So if you don't remember this, or this doesn't seem familiar, there's an episode of the podcast called Creating an Active Classroom Without Cold Calling, and that's a great thing to review. There's a bunch of techniques as well as the background for why I feel the way I do about cold calling. Okay, final item for review, spaced repetition. So this episode just came out. This was an interview with Brian Tobal, and I'm going to start off with just a softball when is the ideal time for spaced repetition? Think about this for a second. Pause the recording. So in a nutshell, and there was a lot more information in the episode than this, but in a nutshell, the ideal time for spaced repetition is when you're about to forget. And so then the follow-on question to that is why? Pause the recording. Think about that one. So to give a very short answer to a much larger topic, the reason that spaced repetition is most useful when you're about to forget something is that memory is created by the act of remembering. Therefore, testing yourself on concepts or facts or whatever those things are that you're interested in remembering will actually help you create those memories just through the act of remembering the answers sort of like what we're doing in this podcast episode. And so final question, say you want to create your own spaced repetition system. Do you remember the software that Brian used? It was called Anki, A-N-K-I. Okay, if you didn't remember those things, if that's not fresh, you can go back and review that episode, that spaced repetition episode, or if you're at Flatiron School, you can read about spaced repetition in the Flatiron Educational Principles page in the EdTeam Wiki. So that's it for this episode. As I said, this was going to be a very active one, but also a quick one. And I hope that this was useful to you. As you know, as I've said in this podcast, active participation in a learning experience is really key to understanding and making meaning of that experience. And so... 
hopefully what we did today was useful to you. And thank you for listening. Take care. Do you enjoy this podcast? I'd love it if you'd leave a rating or review on iTunes or SoundCloud. And of course, please recommend it to your friends. Thank you.